The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, we, we honor you. Today we, we ask that you breathe upon us afresh, Lord. Send your word into our lives. Change our lives. Let your name and your name alone be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name we are afraid. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord Jesus. And God bless you. You may be seated. You know, um, so I was querying, I mean, I was, I was asking um, the Lord that, okay, so those that are desirous of spiritual gifts, you know, uh, why did you just say, let them receive it? You know, isn't that a better thing to say? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know number one, God says what he wants to say, not <laughs> what I think he should say. Number two, okay, so while that was going on, and I was like, uh, and, and I felt God saying to me that the, the story of Elijah and Elisha came, that the things that are being asked for, you have to pay attention to receive them. So this season, you have to pay what? You have to pay attention. So when they show up with it, make sure you are ready to receive it, and you will be in the name of Jesus. So we are going to um, continue open heavens. We are in part two. We started part one last week, and we will look at First Kings 17, verse 1. Then we will look at 18 from 41 to 46. Um, I think like we read last week. Last week. So First Kings 17. We're going to start from First Kings 17. And Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitant of Gilead, said unto Ahab, Now, Ahab was the king of Israel. Elijah was a prophet. Was a prophet. In fact, up until this time, was an unknown prophet. An introduction just happened in verse 1 of 1 Kings 17. Elijah the Tishbite from the inhabitant of Gilead said to Ahab, the king, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain. There will not even be drizzle. There will not be, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you see dew, you can think it is, okay, maybe it rained overnight. Elijah said there will be no confusion. There will be no dew or rain. This year's, except I say so, but according to my word. But according to my word. I pray again, like I prayed last week, that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God will raise prophets in Nigeria that will look the kings in the eye and say, 
this is what the Lord says. God will raise prophets that will look our president in the eye and say, stop the killings, for instance. And since you haven't, there will be no oil in the whole of Nigeria, except I say so. And all the oil companies dry up. <laughs> the wives of the oil workers, I say, ah, pastor. Ah. You see, you know, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem with us. We're always looking at our own bottom line. You know? God will always take care of his own. He <laughs> will, will, will provide the brook. He will provide the ravens. Now, imagine that happens. What do you think will happen? We are, we, are a, we are so dependent on oil. Unbelievable. The same way Israel was dependent on rain. Maybe you are the prophet that we are waiting for. Such your neighbor, maybe you are the prophet we are waiting for. <laughs> maybe you are the prophet we are waiting for. So, so we take the, our readings on to verse, um, chapter 18. Chapter 18 from verse 41. It says, then, you see, so after that period, after the period of, of drought, there was no rain. Elijah said what he said. The rain ceased and the country was in trouble. They were looking for him everywhere. Such party, nobody could find him. God can hide you in plain sight. Nobody could find Elijah. But when the time was, was right, God said to him, go and show yourself. And when he, when he showed himself, you know, he confronted the, the, the prophets of Baal, the, the, the fire came from heaven, you know, slaughtered all of them, you know, and on and on and on. Then, in verse 41, then Elijah said to Ahab, this is three and a half years after verse 1 of chapter 17. Go and get something to eat and drink. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. And bowed low to the ground. And prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said... To his servant, go and look towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. Rising from the sea, then Elijah shouted, Hurry to Ahab and tell him, Climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. 
and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel, then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his coat into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. And last week, we looked at the fact that the rain can't stop you. What to do so that the rain does not stop you? Today, we are paying attention on an aspect of opening heavens. Next week, we're we going to unpack, you know, a lot, uh, unpack it a lot more. But today, an aspect of opening heavens. Elijah could show up and say to Ahab, go, I heard the sound of abundance of rain, and go and eat. And he went to eat. Elijah went to pray. He didn't just say, I heard the sound, so I am going to eat. You know, <laughs> as, as you're gonna, uh, we're going to see, you know, earlier on, I mean, later on, that unlocking heavens is not by accident. You can be deliberate. Everybody say deliberate. You can be deliberate. In fact, if you look at what the um, New Testament said in, in Luke, this was Jesus himself speaking about this incident in Luke chapter 4, verse 25. It says, Certainly there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years. The heavens were closed. The, he locked the heavens. Deliberately, he locked the heavens. After three and a half years, the heavens were opened. So the heavens over your life, you will open them this season. It is not by chance. It is not happenstance. You see, when, when, we, when you do things with God, when you work with God, and you do things on behalf of God, and you know, you know, the word of God says that God, God shows his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The children of Israel just saw his acts, just saw the miracles. They didn't know how it came. They saw manna. They said, ah, manna. You know, in fact, that's what manna means. Manna means, what is this? What is it? You, you know, they don't know how it came, but they were eating it anyway. You know, they saw water from the rock. How did the water come? They don't know, but they drank it anyway. They saw the river part. How did it part? They don't know, but they, they walked through it anyway. But Moses knew the ways of God. Moses knew what to do to bring the water from the rock through God. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is where God wants you to be. God doesn't just want you to see miracles in your life. You're like, oh, wow. Ah, I'm serving a God of miracles. I know. You don't know what, how, how it came about. How it came about. But God wants to show you his ways so that you can deliberately bring about those miracles. So when, <laughs> when uh, you know, we, we do things, you do things for God, and 
you are able to do it again because the first one you did was not, was not fluke. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, when God's first house was going to start and we, we left with nothing, to show you how much we had, I had, I emptied my account and we could pay for two services at Protea Hotel. How much was it? You know, but I could, we could only pay for two services, you know. But I said to the guys with me that what happened there was not by chance. It was not, it, it didn't just happen. It was made to happen. We are going to do a greater work. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory be to God. It's not my chance. It's not, you see, listen. When Eliab was listening to David, he thought he was arrogant. It's not arrogance. It's not arrogance. They that know their God shall be strong and they will do exploits. They don't stumble upon exploit. They do it. They do it. And the, 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 the ways you can deliberately open heavens. Uh-huh. And that's, that's what we see here. That's what we see here. And in case, you know, you're like, oh, you know, Elijah was, you know, was a man of God, was a prophet. Listen, listen, you have a better covenant than Elijah. You do. And not only do you have a better covenant like Elijah, the word of God says to us clearly in James 5, James 5, the word of God says to us very clearly that, remember Elijah? Yes, we do. <laughs> he was a man Everybody read that together. One to go. No different from us. Okay, let's read that again from, from remember to us. One to go. Remember Elijah? He was a man. Wait, 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 wait. What does no different mean? It was this. It's, look, listen. There was nothing special about Elijah. I'm not saying it to pull Elijah down. Or to make you look good. Did you read it from the Bible? Did I write the Bible? The KJV says he was a man of like passions. He had the same thing. You like jollof rice, he likes jollof rice. You don't like to fast, he doesn't like to fast too. Uh, you like to oversleep. Instead of pray, he also likes to, you know, he overcame it, but he also likes to. He's a man like us, no different from us, is a man no different from us. But he showed us something huge here. He prayed. Everybody say he prayed. How did he pray? With great intensity. How will you pray at the vigils? With great intensity. With great intensity. Asking God to withhold the rain. And God what? God answered. God will answer our prayers. God answered his prayers and did not allow a single drop of rain to fall for three and a half years. It did not rain 
until Elijah prayed again for God. You see, his first prayer was not recorded. It's only his second prayer that was recorded. But, but, but James tells us how he prayed the first prayer. But first Kings showed us how he prayed the second prayer. So if you combine the two, we can see how he prayed the two prayers. So he prayed again for God to open the skies. When the rain came down and the earth produced great crops, crop in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, because the heavens are going to be open over you and are open over you, the rain will fall upon your land and your land will produce great harvest in the mighty name of Jesus. Your land will produce great harvest in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, I can declare the things that God has laid upon my heart, but you have to receive them. Your land will produce great harvest. In the name of Jesus. So, so, so we see from, from Elijah here, you know, lessons from, from Elijah. You know, what are the things, there are a lot of things, but we'll look at three of, of, of them, that we can learn from Elijah even though he was a man subject to the same passions like we are, how was he able to do the things he did? And, and the first thing we see here, because he was a man just like us, if you, if you put up that scripture in James I mean, 5, it says, he was a man no different from us. So we, we can see that Elijah had the willingness to do what is required, irrespective of the excuses not to. If you are going to make a difference in your life and your destiny, you must be willing to do what is required, irrespective, irrespective of how you feel. Irrespective of how you feel. If you don't overcome your excuses, the heavens over such a life remain short. If you don't overcome your excuses to pray, if you don't overcome your excuses to fast, if you don't overcome your excuses to pay the price that is required, we see here that Elijah was a man just like you and I. He had the same weaknesses. He had the same excuses. You could say, oh, pastor, the AC in my house is chill. I can't come for vigil." Elijah didn't have AC in his house, at least one difference. But you never know. Maybe the coolness of the evening there was cooler than your AC. <laughs> you know? The point is this. The willingness to do what is required, irrespective of the excuses not to, is actually what separates great people from ordinary people. The ordinary person we give you enough reasons not to do anything. Why wouldn't you read a book a month? That's even, you should read about four books a month. Why shouldn't you read a book a month? Why? The ordinary person, you say, ah, pastor, ah, you don't understand. 
Ah, before I clean the baby nappy. Oh, before I cook for my husband. Oh, before I take care of my... That's why you are where you are. But the question is, do you want to die there? Or are you going to make a change? Stop making excuses. This is what needs to be done. Roll up your sleeves and give you what it takes. Give it what it takes. If you do not, if you do not, you can't blame anybody else. Elijah, the Bible tells us clearly, was a man just like us. A man just like us can pray with great intensity. That means you can pray with great intensity. Yeah, that's what it means. That means I can pray with great intensity. A, a man just like me can stay in a place of prayer and pray until the heavens are opened. That means I can also pray until the heavens are opened. A man just like me can place a demand on God and establish his will over a whole nation. That means I can also do that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so we see that the willingness to do what is required, irrespective of the excuses not to. We see that in the life of Elijah. The second thing that jumps out at us from the life of Elijah in this story, as, as, as it regards this story of opening up heavens, is, is this. That Elijah's power came from God in response to Elijah's prayer. You see, because when we look at the willingness to do what is required, irrespective of the excuses not to, you can begin to think that it is in your prayers that the heavens open. And it is not conflicting. You know, you know because yes, you need to play earnestly. Yes, you need to do what is required to, irrespective of the excuses. You need to pay the price. But it is Elijah's Power came from God in response to Elijah's prayer. In other words, it is God's power that opened the heavens, not Elijah's prayers. When you pray, it will be God that will open your heavens, Amen. not your prayer. So, I mean, you know, because some people go about and say, oh, I prayed and when I, if I pray for you, those are people even, they will intimidate people with their prayer. They oppress people with their prayer. Ah. <laughs> you want to take my pen? If I pray for you, fire. You, you. <laughs> it is not your prayer by itself. So, we need to understand that, even as we get in, because by the time we begin to pray, I, I won't explain all this. I, I will expect that you understand. You know, it is in God. The power came from who? From God. The power came from God. The power came from God. Check out what happened before then. The prophets of Baal, they were... They called on their own God to, to bring fire. Nothing happened. 
Elijah prayed simple prayer. Oh God, hear me. Let these people know that I've done this according to your word. Boom! Fire came from heaven. Was this prayer? They also prayed. In fact, they did much more prayer than Elijah did. So, it, Elijah's power came from God. But it's in response to Elijah's prayer. So Elijah still had to pray. You can't say, oh, it's God that will do it, and you don't pray. No, 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 no. God will not do your part for you. You can't do God's part for him, and God will not do your part for you. So the third thing we see here is that, you know, I mean, I keep saying this every time, that everything that is visible and physical is preceded by something that is invisible and spiritual. So if you want to fix something in the visible physical, you have to first address it where? In the invisible spiritual. The gates of, for some of us, is, 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 the, is, the, is the heavens of our health that needs to open. For some of us, it's the heavens of our marriage that needs to open. For some of us, it's the heaven of our finances that need to open. For some of us, it's the heavens of our intelligence and aptitude that needs to open. And uh, the list can go on and on. For some of us, it's the heavens of favor that needs to open over you. But you need to understand that everything that is visible and physical is preceded by something that is invisible and spiritual. So, do you want to change something or do you want to see something in the visible physical? Then you have to establish it first in the invisible spiritual. That's how it works. That's how it works. Elijah said to the boy, go and check if, it's as, if the rain is coming. The boy went to check the visible, physical. But Elijah was controlling the invisible, spiritual with his prayer. Go and check. No rain. Went back. Go and check. No rain. Went back. Go and check. No rain. You know, we were sharing we had the staff meeting and one of my colleagues said that seven, Elijah did stop at seven because seven, yeah, seven has a significant, uh, significant, right? But if he needed to go to 21, he would have prayed. He didn't know it was going to be seven. If, he, if, it, if it was going to be three, he would, have, he would have prayed. If it was going to be 24, he would have prayed. If it was going to be 28, he would have prayed. The point is this. You have to be willing to give it what it takes. What do you want to see in the visible physical what, run your mind quickly this season. What, when the season is over, what would you want to see in your visible physical life? Or do you want to get started? Where you need to effect it first is in the invisible spiritual. And a place where these three things can happen where the willingness to do what is required, irrespective of how I feel, can happen. When the power 
come, can come from God in response to my prayer can happen, where I can effect things in the visible spiritual to bring it to pass in the physical, visible, physical, where can these three happen? Midnight prayer. Midnight prayer. Also known as night vigil. I hear some people say, I'm going for night BJ. You know, I'm like, what, where, where are you going? Pastor, I've come for night BJ. Night what? what? Like, night BJ, night BJ. I'm like, oh, night vigil. <laughs> you know them. <laughs> Look straight. <laughs> okay, so where these three things can happen. Midnight prayer. The willingness to do what is required, irrespective of the excuses not to. Midnight prayer. You will, vigils are starting tomorrow night. You will have excuses not to come. You will have excuses not to come. You just bought your water bed. I just married me a husband. Oh, your wife, take notes. <laughs> yeah, the person knows, they know themselves. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've got me work to do tomorrow. I've got, listen, work does not finish. Seasons like this, don't repeat themselves. Are you going to maximize it? In fact, there is no... Listen, you know, I, I looked at the week and I'm like, you know, God has taken away almost all the excuses for you. Number one, Tuesday is a public holiday. It's first, right? First of October. So, Monday, vigil, why won't you come? Because Tuesday is a very good day. And Tuesday, because it's all good, you can rest, saute. <laughs> Tuesday vigil, you have rested. Why would you come? Wednesday, you know that if you attend Wednesday, you have attended more than half. So, so you are smarter than that. Why would you come? <laughs> Thursday, <laughs> it's only communion. We are having communion and a vigil. Now, who will miss communion? Friday. is always awesome. I mean, totally awesome. So, excuse me. But you see, you see, mediocre people manufacture excuses. So, as I'm, as I'm speaking, they're telling me, Pastor, what about that? What about that? Listen. The willingness to do what is required regardless of, irrespective of excuses not to night video. Elijah's power came from God in response to his prayer. Video. Everything that is visible and physical is preceded by something that is invisible and spiritual. Night video. 
<laughs> so, 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 if I, 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 to just to help you, I'm just going to roll over like three, four things. Why, in addition to all this, I mean, if, if, if this, most of us, most of us, particularly gospel house people, people have been with us for a while, you know, you're like, nothing is going to stop me, right? But just to help the new, the new ones, I mean, all the, um, <clears throat> the, the, the um, serious ones, <laughs> why midnight prayer? I've said it in different times, but I'm going to pull a few things together for us. Why midnight prayer? Why? But Pastor, we have been praying. We, we've done a whole week of, of prayers. And praise God. And God has answered and is answering those prayers. Hallelujah. But, but why, why midnight prayers? Very quickly. Number one. <clears throat> spiritual transactions happen at midnight. Spiritual transactions happen at midnight. It was at midnight that God went to Solomon and said to him, what do you want? You know? And Solomon said, oh, I want this, you know. And they had like a transaction going. Midnight is, is the best time to engage and negotiate spiritually. When Jesus told a parable or a story or an illustration in Luke 11, Luke 11 from verse 5, he says he was teaching them more about prayer. He used this story. Teaching them more about prayer. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at when? Midnight. Why did he say midnight? It's the time you, if, if you show up in a friend's house at midnight, your friend knows you mean business. If you come during the day, I say, oh, uh, um, can I use your car? You know, yeah. But if you show up at midnight, you say, what, you say what's the problem? Is everything okay? Oh boy, I need your car. Hey, at this time, ah, I need your, yeah, take it, take it, take it, go, 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 go. Now, what Jesus is saying is that it brings urgency to what you are talking about. And the story goes on on how the friend will oblige. So the first thing is spiritual transaction happens at midnight. At that hour, at that period, spiritual transactions. Secondly. There's heightened spiritual activity at midnight, both good and evil, both good and evil. There's heightened angelic activity. There are angelic activities that are time zone based, midnight based, that once it's done, they need to move to another time zone. If, if you don't engage it then, by the time it's, it's done, it's done. Classic example. Jacob, Genesis 32. It says, during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two servant wives. Two wife servants. Servant wives. Uh, shouldn't that be wife servants? Servant wives. Hey, he has two wives, then he has two servant wives. <laughs> oh, girl. Patriarch. <laughs> 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 Okay, okay, okay. Let's focus on open levels. 
and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he went over or he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its location, of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. Why? Why is that important? Because of what I, I said earlier on. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the story goes on and on and on and on. The point is this. The spiritual activity that happens at that period of time need to come to an end once it's done. And the reason it comes to an end once it's done is because they need to resume at another time zone where it's midnight. Praise the name of the Lord. So sometimes when it's midnight here, it's daytime in, in the east, right? In China, maybe. I don't know. They need to be here. Similarly, demonic activities. But once it's done, they need to pack their bags and go to, to China, right? What a lot of people don't understand is this. There are visitations that come like it's happening upon us at God's Favorite House this season. That if you sleep through it, you will wish you didn't sleep through it. There are things that you need to roll up your sleeves and wrestle like Jacob. There are things you need to roll up your sleeves and fight. Why? Because that is the time. That is the time. A time comes when Jesus says that I must do the work of him that sent me while it is day because night comes when no one can work. In other words, you, people will be willing to work but they will not be allowed to work. So we see that people's destinies can actually be accelerated because of heightened spiritual activities. Jacob's destiny was accelerated. But guess what? People's destinies can also be altered and aborted because of the same thing. So destinies of men can be accelerated and interrupted at midnight. Your destinies will not be interrupted. In the name of Jesus, your destinies will be accelerated in the mighty name of Jesus. So it is so important because if you are not shaping, if you are not deliberately shaping, then you, you are at the mercy of the activities that are going on. And that is where Satan takes advantage of people. It is at Midnight that he feeds people with food. They eat in their, in their dream. It's at midnight that he tries to rape people. Some people get raped. You know, you know I've had to, we've had to pray with someone that um, used to have those <laughs> experiences. And she says when it's done, it's, it's like a physical being. It's not a dream. 
she could, she could feel everything she feels when she's with her husband. And by the way, for, for a year and a half, you know, her husband wouldn't touch her. Obviously because of the presence of that spirit, you know. So, pretty girl, but the man would not touch her. They sleep on the same bed. They are bunk mates. <laughs> Praise God. I saw so in the office and, you know, so we're engaging and, and, the, and, the, and the spirit's manifested, you know. <laughs> Can't tell you the things that was going on. But she was delivered. Praise God. So it's at midnight that those engagements, they should, if, if, there were, if there's anybody like that here, by the time this season is over, if they come near you, they will die, all of them. Because you will have effectively sorted it out. For some people, there are things that are stolen from them at midnight. There are gifts that are stolen from them. Some of spiritual gifts, God did not take it back, but the enemies practically stole it. Stole it, rendered it useless. How? Midnight attacks. And the list goes on and on and on. You have to be active. You have to be what? Active. And this season provides fantastic opportunity for you to get that aspect of your life going. So, spiritual transaction, heightened spiritual activity, the third reason, I mean, I say, third reason, increased vulnerability to spiritual attacks. Now, it's, it's similar, but it's, it's different. You're going to see how, why, why it's different. In First Kings 3, he talks about, she arose at midnight and took my son beside me while I, your handmaid, slept. Jesus said that the enemy has done this. While men slept, the enemy came and sowed tears. You know, why is it that when men slept, a lot of things happen? So you have to secure your space. So that when you are sleeping, your space is secure. Nothing can intrude and interfere. Job 34, and this is um, Job's insight. He says, in a moment they die. At midnight, the people are what? Shaking and pass away. And the mighty are taken away by no human hands. Did you know that most deaths occur at that same time period? Doctors say most deaths occur between midnight and four, largely. Four particularly. In the hours of 4 a.m., that is between 4 and 5, because all the, the war has been waged between 12 and 3, then the results is showing at 4. Medically, most people 
that died, died at that 4 a.m. Why? So, blood pressure lowers. Um, they are, they are scientific explanations. <laughs> they will be and they should be. There's nothing wrong with those explanations. But we are spiritual people. And interestingly, interestingly, they say that because God also will, is the God of life, that that period is the time where women give birth, natural birth, the most. That period. Number one is what? Spiritual transactions. Number two, heightened spiritual activity. Number three, And number four, why midnight prayer? Learn from the best. Learn from, from champions. Learn from champions. Look at the lives of the people that are, have a great destiny in God. See their relationship with midnight and their engagement. David, for instance. David was a man that never lost a single battle. Do you know, David did not lose a single battle was a king of a whole nation. And in Psalm 119, verse verse 62, it says, I rise at midnight and I thank you for your just regulations. Do you know that Thanksgiving is is a weapon of war? I mean, you, you, you know that. I rise at midnight and I thank you. This is a man that is the king of a nation. As busy as, I mean, I know you are busy, but you can't be busier than the king of a nation. It's not likely. It's not likely. You can't be busier, you know. But it says, I will get up. I will get up at midnight. One great warrior, I mean, um, that God used in his time was also was Samson. Samson. In Judges 16, Samson lay low till midnight. He launched his attack at midnight. You can launch a deadly attack. Surprise your enemies at midnight. <laughs> One of my brothers used to, say, used to say that, you know, even when he's, <laughs> he's having a good time, as in he's enjoying his season of breakthrough, and everything, there's no war, there's no battle anywhere, things are going well. He says that he, 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 we just wake up at midnight and just fire, you know, one, one shot. <laughs> he says, he just, you know, <laughs> and I used to laugh. He just wake up and just fire, you know, one shot that, you know, just in case. <laughs> So the truth is that the fact that you are going through a season of bliss is no excuse not to pray. It's no excuse not to pray. The, the classic example, the, I mean, the number one model, the champion of champions, Jesus himself, Luke 6. Luke 6, verse 12. He says, one day, one day soon afterwards, Jesus went up to a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God 
all night. Jesus was there all night. He was there all night. What this does is not only does it open your heavens, it gives you supernatural strength. It gives you supernatural strength. It even affects your physical strength. Do you know that? Do you know why, why was Samson so physically strong? Because he, he was so spiritually anointed. Why was Jesus, you know, Jesus was so physically strong? He did things that require strength. David was so physically strong. He says he could bend a, a bow with his hands. Why? Because when you spend time in the presence of God, not only will you get strength spiritually, you get strength, strength physically. You get strength intellectually. You get strength, you are just oozing with strength. We saw a classic example in, in, in 1 Kings 18, 46, 1 Kings 18, 46. It says, then the Lord gave Elijah special strength. He tucked his coat into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab, Ahab's chariots. This Chariots are being pulled by horses. The horses of kings are the finest horses. The strongest, fastest horses. And because of his strength, he outran them. The um, NIV puts it this way. That the power of the Lord came upon Elijah. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As, you wait, as we wait upon the Lord, as we look and engage this last stretch... The power of the Lord will come upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. The KJV puts it this way. The KJV says, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. The hand of the Lord will rest upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. The voice translation says, the strength of the eternal filled Elijah, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the strength of the eternal will fill your life. People will look at you and say, the strength of the eternal is upon you. Deuteronomy 28 says, verse 12, as we pull the curtain, it says, the Lord will open the heavens. The Lord will open the heavens over you. In the mighty name of Jesus. The storehouse of his bounty. He will send you rain in your land in his season. And bless the works of your hands. He says, you will lend to many nations. But you will not borrow from any in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. That will and is your portion. Amen. I want to pray with you today. If you're like, Pastor, I need to be a part of all this. But I'm not, I'm not a child of God. I've, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I'm not born again. 
Or you're saying, I used to be born again, but can I, I, I'm not with God again. Can I come back to God? Can I rededicate my life to God? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. I pray with you wherever you're seated. Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Wherever you're seated, put up your hand now over your head. And we'll pray together wherever you're seated. But put up your hand, put up your hand well. Shoot it up over your head. Not on your head. Over, over your head. Put it up. Put it up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister over there. God bless you. A hand over there. That is me. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Another hand over there. Another one there. God bless you. That is me. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. That is me. God bless you, my sister. Keep the hands up. Pastor, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Once you have the card, you can put on that hand. It's okay. I'm beginning to pray. Anybody else, you need to make this commitment. Put up that hand over your head and we'll pray together. The rest of us, let's just say to the Lord, Father, I am ready. I am ready. No excuses. I'm going to engage. I'm going to give you what it takes. Empower me. I need your grace. You are the God of all grace. Empower me. I need your grace. Anybody else? Pastor, pray with me. I need to surrender to Jesus. Put up that hand over your head. Quickly, I will pray together. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. And on what to do if you want to commit your life to, to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for everyone that is surrendered to you today. We ask in the name of Jesus that you breathe upon them, Lord. Change these lives totally. Oh, my Father, change these lives and let your name be glorified. Every one of us, Lord, give us the grace, oh God. Give us the strength. Give us the enablement and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying.